Hey, everybody, what's up? It's Ryan, and uh, look, it's midnight on Monday, February 6th right now, so literally the very beginning of Monday, and I wanted to open up this episode by doing something that half of you, maybe 90% of you, are going to hate. I'm editing the episode, though, so I'm just going to hijack it and say congratulations to my New England Patriots <laughs> on their fifth Super Bowl win in the past, what, seven visits, which have all been in the past 16 years. Tom Brady, greatest of all time. Bill Belichick, greatest of all time. Love him or hate him? And I know most of you hate him. <laughs> I think they... Are pretty good football boys. Now, let's go do the stupid podcast. Bye. February 6th, 2017. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. And I'm Yannick. And this is Pixel Sleepy. It's Scream Red 4 Tangerine Edition. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Guys, I'm on Red Bull again for another episode. Woo! Oh, I cut the Red Bull out. You cut it. I mean, you cut it out of your life because you're being healthy. But I got to tell you, on the drive home today, on my commute home, I almost uh, killed everybody because I almost fell asleep. Oh, and, it happened to uh, me all the time when I was driving. Yeah, that's very what, That's what happens not really when you're tired. It's just when you're used to the commute that you're doing. It just becomes yeah. such a such a, an habit that you, I double, don't need to focus it? for that. Yeah, And then stack on top of that sort of rainy, dreary, gray day. Oh, and stack God. on top of that, I skipped lunch, so I'm sure my blood sugar and energy level was low. Oh, no. Horrible. Horrible. But you found your, your secret potion to record <laughs> at 10 p.m. I and found my night. potion. And guess what? It's filled with carbonated water, sucrose, artificial flavor, so sodium citrate, caffeine, <laughs> calcium. I can't read. The label is so hard to read. They're like, don't worry about what's in it. But don't do worry Guarana. Guarana. Yeah. What is this yes. stuff? Do you guys remember? Uh, was it like Surge or something? It was a, a soda that had like, oh yeah, it was Yellow Five or Tory, and they're like, that comes from a bull's testicles. Wasn't it like Mountain Dew or something? And like, yeah. if you drank too much Mountain Dew, it like killed your sperm. Yes, Mountain Dew kills your sperm. I was like, I'm a was woman. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> so I wonder if, if some girls were like, oh, well, I, I accidentally didn't use protection. Maybe I should drink a bunch of Mountain Dew and it'll kill his sperm. God, if they did, that's the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> hey, it, speaking of th this type of stuff, do you guys, did you guys know? <laughs> it wouldn't be a Pixels <laughs> Weekly show without this. No, you got to try. Yeah. Pornhub. Oh, there we go. This week launched a sexual education website. No, I didn't know that. Did you hear about yeah. this? You always hear about them uh, very legitimately, very seriously at the end of the year or uh, after the Super Bowl telling us when people actually tune on their website or something like that. Uh, like yes. what part of the year people tune onto their website the most. Uh, and they always try to make those infographic 
uh, very informative <laughs> uh, slides and topics. It's it's it you know makes them sound like they're not what they are. It's kind they of sponsor an esports team or tried to. Yeah, and I think that they like people weren't taking them seriously, and I mean maybe for many reasons, but I th- I just thought that was interesting that like a place where theoretically right. Now the kids have access to the internet and like oh, most kids have smartphones. A kid is going to be able to access Pornhub before they get any sex education at school. Like that's the reality. So you can go to now Pornhub.com slash sex. They go to YouTube. <laughs> which is quite the uh, quite the URL. And it's a sexual wellness center, and they've they've hired like a doctor. Uh, or at least somebody who says they're a doctor, and they've got uh, all sorts of like relationship stuff, like sexual health information about sexually transmitted diseases and stuff. I just thought that was interesting that they would take up that sort of mantle. And I know maybe it's all in the business of like showing people more porn or whatever, but that's interesting. Do you think? And he's looking at Sandy. Are you looking at your documents? Try to find your notebook. Try to write it down or something. Or? <laughs> uh, yes. Because it's very important to teach everyone about all of the terrible stuff that could happen to them. Yeah, no if, joke for real. That's true. We should be a podcast. We should be informative. It's important. If stuff. they're not, true. you know, yeah. it's have you have you guys seen what like what gonorrhea looks like? It's not cute. I try not to Google any, uh, do any Google image searches uh, of any Listeners, STDs. don't do it. Don't, no, do don't do that. It's not cute. That's why you always have to use protection, and maybe you should go and learn more about what happens. We'll That's right. And if you're even considering, if you're even Sorry, considering works. being in a relationship <laughs> with someone, have you and them both get checked. You know, it's it's the safest thing to do. My girlfriend and I did that. And uh, and you absolutely should, you know, even if you say, oh, you know, I've only had sex with one other person or I've never had sex at all. Just get it done. It's peace of mind and it's it's good for you. And you learn about that process, too. And my mom, who's a nurse, who's always told me to have one blood test a year. So yeah. do that blood test and do the whole package at once. And, you know, turn you your head trip. off. You do one trip. You know how much sugar you have in your blood and you know as well if you're all healthy everywhere. Did you uh, uh, this okay? It, the podcast is getting weird now, but Yannick, <laughs> did the you? Podcast is getting started. Did you? <laughs> we're just getting started, baby. <laughs> did you have this thing? I was always worried. Like, I think becoming like a teenager and what have you. Uh, during like a physical exam, um, I was always worried about having like a female doctor perform a physical on me. Not because I was necessarily uncomfortable with a woman coming in contact with my genitals, but I was worried that. I might enjoy that, and it I mean, would kind of create a moment, you know. I mean, I, you, I can't, I cannot relate for a simple reason, and I want my listeners to, our listeners to, to understand that I had my uh, first full like physical test, as you guys know it. Yeah. With all the check that it includes. <laughs> yeah. Um, North, south, I've, east, and west. I've only had those kind of Cough. checks two years ago. When I did what? my first physical in the U.S., I never really? had those kind of checks done when I was young. Maybe it's because my mom was the nurse and she was like, hey, it's fine anyway. And I'm not going <laughs> to touch need them. to check that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I used to see them all the time. I know they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. So I don't know if it's the reason why, but I haven't heard a lot of friends yeah. of mine, in even in adult age. I still have friends from France. We never had those kind of jokes come up. 
um and they would have come up i feel so yeah first time first time was like okay i mean you know at this position you're not really here to complain you're not really here you're just here to sound casual so i just sounded casual and it was like okay done and then he's like okay you don't have cancer i was like oh i did it <laughs> so, <laughs> so I One did more it. year. I like. Is, I like uh, you taking credit for that moment of like, yeah, yeah um, well, crushed it. You know, it wasn't that bad, you know. <laughs> I would rather have a shot, but you know, with a needle. But th- this was fine. Um, yeah. So I cannot relate at all. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry. All right. Well, that's fine. I'm. I'm okay to stand on my principles. It's like how comfortable you are, and it's like once you're like, yeah, this is what I look like. This is what the downstairs looks like, and this is what whatever I believe in gave me. I think it's totally fine. Everyone, everyone's seen this. I do believe our listeners are starting to get a little bit embarrassed and bothered right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> listeners, despite what you've heard so far, we are a video game podcast. We're Pixels Weekly coming out every week to make you smile. And uh, we talk about not sex on the show most of the time. Most of the time, I would say. <laughs> but we start off every episode with what's in the news and on our minds. It's the hodgepodge. So who wants to share some hodgepodge this week? I played For Honor, the closed beta, last week. Nice. Um, okay. I'm not going to say how long I played it um, <laughs> because I'm pretty embarrassed. So the um, let me find my documents here. But the, uh, the, the, cl- the, the closed beta was... Um, access was generously given by a friend of our show named Tyler. I think you know him, Ryan. Oh, um, yeah. He had a, your brother had some extra codes, gave it to me very kindly, and um, nice. so generous. And he is, and um, I forgot the dates of the calendar because days are flying. But the last weekend of January was last weekend. It was from the twenty seventh to the twenty ninth. Um, actually, it opened on the 25th. I was just very... On the Wednesday. But I was just very busy doing the week, so I was like, I'm going to play on the weekend. Great. Awesome. Um, and I tune in. I'm, Saturday, I'm like, oh, okay, Overwatch. So it's one of the rarest weekend in the last month or of 2017 as well that I've been home. So I'm like, this weekend, I'm not doing much. I'm just going to play video games. I'm going to do some more competitive on Overwatch. I'm going to have fun, watch videos, catch up on some stuff. Yeah. And I did. And I tune in Sunday night, 29th. I'm like, oh, for honor, everything is downloaded finally. Let's do it. And um, I connect at like 7.40 p.m. Eastern. And... Uh, and I start playing through the tutorial. It gets you through all that. It's kind of fun. So I have some feedback for you guys. But the problem is that at 7.55, I get a message down there saying that Ubisoft server will be shut down in five minutes and the closed beta ends in five minutes. <laughs> so, <laughs> And so they so put the uh, message just under there? Yeah, they put the message under there. It's kind of like just a pop-up dialogue. Kind of like when you have a server maintenance on one of those online games. It just tell you you're going to get kicked out of the game. And they just keep um, it right under there. And it, it leaves at some point. It just gives you a warning. You know, it leaves at some point. I but, really just um, wanted you to say underwear. That's that's all this was about. It's, it's, <laughs> it's in the underwear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry. Yes. Yes. So they say uh, we're I, shutting I, down. The theme of this show. I wonder I what the title of the show will be. Um, I'm going to keep it clean. Keep it clean. Keep it nice. Um, the So this game. Okay. So for the review, the game very promising. 
um, the game mechanic is something that I rarely seen before. Uh, I don't think you can even compare it to a fighting game. Mm. Um, it is a lot of comparable to a chess game applied to um, applied to a combat mode kind of thing. Uh, so once you enter, for people that don't know, once you enter the game, you choose between being a Viking, a knight, or a samurai. And you represent your faction doing that. You can have your own badge. You can have your own your own customizations and stuff. Not so much customization. It's more like every faction has a hero. You know, kind of like in a mobile. You have and like you have different style of Vikings, and then you're gonna have the agile one. You're gonna have the the the, the heavy one and stuff like that. Yeah. The samurai. You know, the weapons of the samurai are different than the one from the Vikings. You can customize their skins. You can customize their weapons. Um, I checked a little bit the menus. Not so much, but um, there seem to be a lot of customiz customization as you will progress through the game. And once you enter there, there is like a, a whole range of possibilities for you. You can jump into some kind of a quick play that will put you in a 4v4. That's a traditional mode. You jump into a map and think of it as a MOBA. It's you, three other people, and some AI that is weaker than you and, 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 and your teammates. And you face an enemy team that is the same format. And the goal is to control the map. And uh, I guess this length of game is more around 20, 30 minutes. It's uh, not bad. It's not bad at all. It's, it's, it seems fun. It seems, and it's very satisfying to kill the AI. It's like you're that big guy, you know. They, are prob they look like five feet tall and you're seven foot and you're huge. Yeah. And you just charge in them. You don't take any damage almost. And it's just very satisfying to swing through. Because that's pretty much the only time in the game where you're going to swing your weapon around without really bothering too much. Uh, once sure. you start facing an opponent, um, well, let me tell you first, I don't think it will be, you will be able to have, you will probably find some YouTube videos, but I tell you for the average player, it's going to be very hard to solo or do a 1v2 against two players. Um, it is very hard. Um, the system of guarding and attack is, is very much a chess game. And the possibilities are, are, are multiple. There is a lot of combination, just like in a fighting game. Uh, but like I said, there is that uh, you can defend in three different ways. And if the other person attacks in a way that you haven't anticipated, you get a, you get hit. Um, and it's, so it's a lot of it, it, it's a lot of gymnastic. It's a lot of it's, it, it's a lot of juggling between what guard should you use and what attack predict what attack the person is going to attack you with. Um, it seems complex, and to be honest, <laughs> so I played through the tutorial. I was like, "All right, let me play through, you know, against someone real." And they were like, "Before you play against someone real, let's just put you against an AI, just to, you know, <laughs> get you in." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, easy peasy, you know." And that was the other mode uh, that I tested, which was one v one. So you end up in a map, and you end up in a corner of a map, so like a hallway. Or there is like a cliff on your right, or you are just spawning on one side of the bridge. The enemy is on the other side of the bridge, and um, so I did that against an AI. I got destroyed. Um, it was best of five rounds. I got down three. I was like, that's gonna be promising. Well, the AI difficulty might have been like, oh, this game is hard. You see, um, so I jump in and I do, and that's when I see I see the message. I'm like, well, I mean, I want to get a game online against someone before the server shut down. And uh, the server gaming gave me a little bit of a break. I think I was able to push it until 8.15 p.m. I did have a connection outage, but I was able to jump back in. Um, 
uh, and I played with someone 1v1 and it was, oh, I got crushed. You just have to be very patient. And I yeah. was charging in and the person was just playing that assassin that would just hit me once and then I would bleed. And I was like, Fuck. It's not an action game. And then, oh, yeah, and so I was like playing that assassin against that assassin that was agile and, and all sneaky and everything. And I was having this big, huge Viking with my swinging blade and stuff. I was like, oh my oh, God. I knew you'd pick the Viking. Yeah. I was like, oh, he picked yeah. the Viking. I, I was going to say, can we, what team are we all on here? Oh, I played the Viking. I don't yeah, know. They're, they're so badass. Sandy, how about and, you? Uh, I don't know. Would you like pay for this game? Um, I, 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 I would. But my fear is, we talked about it on the show many times, it's Ubisoft. Um, my fear is that the, 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 the capabilities of that one V of those one V one situations, you know what I mean? Come to reach a limit. Um, but I have to say the game is beautiful. And I, I talked to, I talked to some friends about it. Like the animations are flawless when you run and you run to a ladder on a map. It just, it doesn't feel like you're, you know, sometimes some games you have the animation of your character kind of like align with the ladder. This time it just everything is very fluid. The combat is very fluid. Um, the the animations in you really see uh, with the combination you're gonna make. You really see where you're hitting with your weapon and where the other person was guarding. If you were to hit on that side, um, it's just very precise. It's very precise combat game. Combat game. Um, there's good possibilities of of fighting. It it might just it might just reach a limit where, you know, you don't have, you don't, you're not going to find that competitive. Um, I feel like there's going to be that one technique that is going to work better than the others. And that's what people are going to mainly use. I don't know if I'm, if I'm clear, if you guys understand me. Sure. Um, right. Well, well, what people will do, what online competitive players do, which is find out the exact best thing and then just keep spamming that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm I'm interested. Um, I'm, it's definitely a new genre. It has that MOBA aspect that is very trendy those days. Uh, it could be really fun to play with friends. Uh, but like I said, it's going to be a lot of team effort if you play 4v4, which is the mode that I also played. Um, when you play 4v4, it's going to be a lot of teamwork. Um, if someone is on a one-in-one, you might as well just go help him out. And the person that is going to be on a 1v2 situation is probably going to die very soon. Um, it's very hard to defend against two players. I found, and I looked at some streams. Uh, I did have a lot of fun watching people play this game too. Um, so anyway, that's it for me. Uh, Everybody is welcome to join the open beta, which starts on February 9th. I'm going to confirm that. You guys go ahead, but I'm going to have to confirm. I think it's February 9th until February 13th. Sure. Um, and the game comes out two or three days after. Um, so my question yeah. for you is, can I create my own warrior in this game so you pick so like i said you pick uh, at the beginning you kind of have like only just presets you don't you kind of have presets you have um when you select your faction you you start with a character um and as you level up um your progression um you unlock you know kind of like when in heroes of the storm you start you only have a few choices and as you level up you can select more of them. More of them unlock themselves. Also um, get like different heroes. And it's also a matter of like you have different heroes that are 
easy to use at the beginning. There is some of them that are medium difficulty. I think I, I quickly changed. I wanted to try another one that looked even more badass as a Viking. And he was medium. And uh, it was too complicated. He had a shield. So I feel like there was one with a shield and a, and a small sword. And uh, the shield and sword are like more difficult to handle, I guess. Um, you have to really work on your parry, I'm guessing. Um, parry and counterattack. But yeah, there is like... There seemed to be um, enough hero for you to have diversity in the fighting, you know? You're like, oh, I'm playing that guy with a big axe, and now I'm playing that guy with the shield. I'm going to have to play it differently. There seemed to be some knowledge you need to, 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 to get. I think I'm going to pick it up. I would, you know, I, I really think it's going to be a, a good, good, solid game you can have uh, some fun with. Um, I think I'm going to buy it physically uh, so I can resell it, though. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I think that's like really interesting because, look, at the end of the day, for me, the thing that I want to see most out of the current generation of video games that we're all playing and the games that are out there is new genres and new ways to play. And I feel like very few games, especially few AAA games, or at least backed by large studios, are attempting to do a new type of combat other than shoot uh somebody or your traditional like action like crazy karate you know acrobatic stuff so to see for honor come out and see if it can do like slow plotting not to use the term realistic but sort of hearkening to the idea of realism in combat is very mm -hmm. i think that's very compelling so i, I do want to try it so hopefully i'm going to jump in next week I do want to finish on that. I do want to just buy the game to be able to push someone off a cliff just like they did to me <laughs> in those last minutes. So <clears throat> I played 20 minutes of that game and I became really salty. So I cannot just leave that game alone and uh, not play it anymore. So. Cool. And so the, the dates, February 9th, February 12th, uh, com game comes out February 14th. So that you know. Oh, Valentine's Day. Oh, cool. So it's it's right around the corner. So Helen, he wants for honor for Valentine's Day, but oh, physical oh release so you can resell it. Okay, thanks. The day she's buying me a game, dude, it's going to be a another planet, another planet, <laughs> another world. <laughs> yeah, she's sooner buying like, yoga pants, I think. <laughs> hashtag goals. Uh, <laughs> speaking of salt, Aria just sent me a, um, a CNN article. I'm just going to read the headline. Howard Stern says Trump wants to be loved. Presidency will be detrimental to his mental health. And I was like, that's very interesting. Which brings me to my topic. Uh, <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> what a segue you just did. Okay, yes. I know. I'm like, I hijack conversations. I'm, I'm ready. I'm so um, ready. We spoke about 1979 Revolution Black Friday for our Game of the Year edition a few weeks ago. If you haven't listened to it, you should check it out. They're on our website, pixelsweekly.com, for free. Um, always free. They're always free. Unless you're Curtis, then you pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. But what they're doing now between February 1st and February 10th, proceeds will be donated to the ACLU in response to Trump's executive order for the, if you guys haven't seen it, there's like the legal Muslim ban, I guess. Uh, that's the hashtag that's been trending, hashtag... Muslim ban, and there's seven countries. Yeah. Iran is on one of them. And this is kind of their way of going, hey, you're a jerk. So we're going to help those, our, 
what has the saying? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yes. Kind of yes, exactly. And it also shows that like video games and the gaming industry can make an impact for social causes, especially if like the gamer base believes in it. So the game's available on the App Store, Google Play, and Steam. So go buy it, download it, February 1st to February 10th. If you don't want to do it for that, do it for my birthday, because that's February 10th. Uh -huh. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is the birthday of my cousin as <laughs> well. I feel like that, that you're dropping a hint. I mean, to, should we wish you a happy birthday? You're, you're hugging two episodes. Is it this episode or, or next? I, it'll, it'll be all month. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, that's gonna work. It's like it's Sandy History Month. It. Ooh, yes. Guys, when I was little. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be great for you to talk about the ACLU and then, then take somebody else's History Month away from them. Very good. Yeah, that, that's my my dream. It can be both. It can be both Black History Month and Sandy History Month. Why not? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you have, uh, what, three, four days left to go pick up 1979 Revolution. So go do it. Get it on the App Store. You know, why not? There's many ways, if I can add, there's many ways to give donations. And uh, we've seen an incredible um, response from the community and not just video game. We all work in tech, as, 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 as our listeners may know. Yeah. And I've seen also the, the guys from, Dot, from the game uh, Dots & Co., uh, Two Dots, uh, in one night pretty much... Um, kind of like design and put up that banner that you see when you kick off when you start the game um, that is simply just uh, the american flag made with the dots they're famous dots that yeah. you have to connect to to go to go advance level by level and they have um and they had a donation button but it was like in that whole um kind of like massive protest that happened uh a week ago already damn time flies um that the response of, of of those video game uh, the video game industry in general is has been very satisfying and it made me feel good being part of that community and doing this podcast with you. Uh, you know, I I think guys are we're tap dancing around something a little bit, and I think it's worth at least bringing up for our listeners. Um, if it's not clear by now, uh, we're not huge fans of the, not necessarily of the person, even though we could have a whole show about the person but about uh, a lot of the executive orders and policies enacted, especially banning Muslims by the current president. And we're not a political show. We're not trying to be a political show. But uh, certainly um, we do want to be a space where we can talk to each other about video games and culture and mm -hmm. how video games impact culture. And this is something that, I mean, it's affecting game developers. It's it's going to affect our our entire lives and and not only these products and and art that are video games, but many many other um, families, goods, services, you name it, will be affected by this. So yeah, we this we come down on one side of it. We respect uh, if you disagree with us, um, we won't necessarily agree back. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. It's and cool. It's, it's funny because like some of them are, are <clears throat> we can talk about this now too. Um, some uh, video game entities, so uh, whether it's developers, communities, yeah, 
um, app creators like indie of of indie games or stuff like that. People sometimes have a, a hard time because they really think that it's going to affect their businesses. Um, I would have loved to see Bungie take a stronger stand on that. I would have loved to have more companies, but I feel like for some of them, it's a lot of uh, PR. Um, uh, it's a PR issue. Should we talk about it and should we take a stand? Yes. Um, because I guarantee, the, I guarantee con- you, for every single gamer out there that you have a game that you love that has a high chance that there were non-American people working on it. Yeah, and and, and but in the same time, there are, the country is divided. So if you take a stand, you might take the risk that it affects your business. Right. And, um, and as much as everybody can respect each other's beliefs, some people are really just not accepting uh, each other's opinion. And, uh, and so they take that in consideration. It's a shame, uh, but I, I don't take a strong stand against companies that haven't really spoken uh, loud enough or that I haven't even communicated about it. I can understand the risk. I can understand that also the um, tough industry that this video game can, can you know, make you question uh, whether or not you should take a stand on in terms of politi- politics or if you just stick to what you do and what you do best, which is uh, providing entertainment to to the mass. I think with the, with the everything for like games for change or like games that make people aware of other situations, this is where they're coming in and making a stand. So Ink Stories, they're based in New York City and they're run by Iranian Americans, which is why they made this specific stand. This game is about a very important time in in history and in their lives. And for us who live in New York, this affects us in a very personal way in so many different levels. Um, For me, my my fiancé is a first-generation American with Iranian heritage, and it's kind of like, these are the best people that I know, and to have someone go, but... They could be like, they could be terrorists. And I'm like, Pete is a terrorist group. They're crazy. Have you seen the stuff they do? Like, they're on FBI's, like, list. Come on, man. You have well, the internet. Well, listen, Pete may have some questionable tactics, but I don't I don't think they're, I would not oh, call them Oh, they are. They're on, FBI, they're on the FBI's list. Oh, well, no, for, like, I'm not denying that. But, I mean, you can get on FBI's <laughs> watch list probably for listening to this podcast. We, we love God's. everybody. To an extent. Um, in fact, we all probably ended up on an FBI watch list creating this media and publishing it on the internet. I, I, look, for me, I, I see what you're saying, Yannick, of like you can't like fault the companies for doing that. And, um, you know, Sandy, I've, I I feel what you're saying, too. And, and for like, I guess I come down on we we are awfully picky. We can be picky and choosy. And by, by the way, listeners, this is not necessarily the topic of this show. It was not intended to be, but we've kind of addressed it and wanna, I, I want to say this, which is we put a lot of time and effort making, sort of imbuing corporations with the power of people um, in America, letting them, you know, spend money uh, and donate unlimited amounts to uh, organizations that fund candidates and elections um, you know, they hold the power of being able to influence their employees and how they vote. Um, and they want the ability to have religious freedoms to not pay for certain benefits for people. But, you know, when it comes to taking a stand the same way that a person would have to, 
um, against tyranny, like a ban on an entire people or an entire religion, um, suddenly they get very quiet because they really can only stand to lose money, right? Like you said, yeah, like, I mean, they're only going to get someone upset um, by taking a stand. And, and I think it's important at the end of the day to note that these people are in business to make money, uh, not to not to be your friend and not even necessarily to create art like Ubisoft may release an artful game or, you know, somebody might release an artful game or even truly in um, a think piece or something that you consider to be not just a commercial product for the sake of being commercial. But these places, a lot of them have shareholders. They're here to sell products. And we're a podcast about buying and playing those products. So uh, all of that, I think, is worth noting. Right. Yeah, I think that's good. Like, um, America, you can think and say what you want and use your money to talk for you as well. Yeah. And that goes, that goes to Stop you. Stop stuff. You don't like something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't pre-order anything anymore. For Like, for honor, like, you're going to get to play it for free for a week this week, right, essentially. And then it'll come out. You don't need to pre-order it. <laughs> you got it. They came to you a week early. Anyway. All right. Pretty so my first. hodgepodge this week is uh, this article from The Verge, a news source that we don't really talk about a lot on this podcast. But their Circuit Breaker blog um, just has this picture up. And I'll, I'll put the picture as the cover art of the episode so you know exactly what we're talking about. You can see it at PixelsWeekly.com or the link in the show notes. Uh, this guy just says, the picture of the Nintendo Switch and Wii U is kind of mind-blowing. And this is by Sam Byford uh, at The Verge. And he just literally has a picture of a 15-inch MacBook, um, Shovel Knight running on Wii U and Switch. And I think it was the developer, uh, Yacht Club Games, who posted this picture. But the Switch and the Wii U have the same size screen. But boy, oh boy, is it ever apparent the difference in hardware quality between these two things. First of all, the entire Switch system is much smaller and much thinner than the Wii U gamepad, even though it kept the same screen size. It's a higher resolution screen. How thick the Wii U was. Dude, the Wii U is a it's a burger, man. Like you're getting a whopper for With that cheese. Thing. If you look at the picture, it almost feels like the Nintendo Switch screen is bigger than the Wii U screen just because of the real estate that is surrounding the screen on, on right, both devices. This big oh, thick yeah. plasticky gross ugh I've always had the Wii U gamepad, you know, when when I was playing Mario Kart with uh, with Jessica, she she wanted to use the normal controller, obviously, because who wants to hold this giant massive thing? With I actually like playing with the gamepad. Yeah, it's cool if you're not using the TV, but to me, it's just this big fat stupid thing. If you are using the TV, what is you're right. yeah, what what is it good for? I mean, besides playing without the console, is there any use case where a game was like, hey, use that controller, you will have some cool map or some really good controls? Yeah, that was the thing. Like Nintendo never really made a stake in the ground of like why that touchscreen was important. It was great for Mario Maker. That was the one game that proved it out. You needed a okay. touchscreen to make courses. Mm -hmm. But they ruined Star Fox because of it. They In Mario Kart, it's literally a horn the whole time. It is. Just That's a big a old six-inch horn, um, which is so stupid. And, you know, in Splatoon, they used it for a couple of clever shortcuts, but the Switch version already, you know, figured out, oh, you can just map this to a D-pad and it still totally works. So, yeah. yeah, good riddance Wii U. Uh, I played some great games on you, but boy, am I glad 
that the Switch is, is about a month away, and I, I could not be more happy. And mine is uh, hopefully arriving on the third. I can't wait. Oh! Yeah. It's the Red Bull Talking Tangerine Origin. <laughs> <laughs> We're a month away, exactly, pretty much, right? We're a month away. We're a month away. All right. Um, oh, go ahead. It is. It is. It is. Uh, it is sold out everywhere, isn't it? Yeah, which is interesting because every article that comes out about it seems to be the press going, "This thing stinks." And they've always had uh, the pre-order of the Nintendo Switch. The numbers are already higher than the PlayStation Four sales on first on on day launch. Really? Um, apparently, I I, I I glimpsed at that this week and. Hey, wait! I'm so I'm getting. It's it's b- before <laughs> it's coming out. Before it's coming out. Before. Yeah. Uh, before after two months of 2017 a lot of people are calling it this the nintendo switch year um i really hope so nintendo needs i hope so too i do hope so too and to be frank i believe in that if uh zelda holds its um you know the the, the promises that 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 it that it has given us um if if zelda nailed it at the park i'm the first one to say you know, I'm making a mistake not playing this game right now, and I, I yeah, I'm, I'm, I can fairly. Well, the good news is Sandy can bring the Switch into the office, and you can just start a file. No, you know what she was gonna do? She's gonna come you to my office. Like I'm gonna share with him. Yeah, she's, she's, <laughs> no, she's gonna sit next to me at lunch wherever I am, follow me, and be like, "Oh my god, this game is so amazing!" But she will not let me put any <laughs> of smart. my hands on it. You know? Smart. She'll even yeah. like right. show you the me. file, be like, "Check this out." Hey, before we take a break, I want to give a shout out to Just Spug uh, on our Discord chat, giving me the recommendation of checking out XCOM, uh, a Fraxis game, a strategy game that's sort of like war combat strategy. I've been meaning to check it out. I'm hopefully going to do that this week, man. And uh, yeah, I just appreciate the suggestion. Thanks for thanks for hanging out in the Discord with us. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about how the mighty have fallen. Video game franchises that have run into the ground. Wookie topic. (laughs) It's Halloween again on Pixels Weekly. We'll be right back. Hey, Sandy and Yannick. Hey. Have you guys heard of this newfangled thing called Discord? Discord? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it's just like an internet telephone. Wait, the buttons on it or the one that, you know. It's called Discord. Yeah, the numpads, right? Oh, it'll make you numb. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't ready for this one. I'll tell you, Discord is actually a place where you can chat with us. Yeah, that's right. The hosts of Pixels Weekly. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. But I have a question. Is it going to work on my smartphone? You better believe it, sister. You can do that through the app. Just go to pixelsweekly.com and click on the join link right on the homepage, and you can be chatting with us today. We'll see you there. Yay! All right, we're back, and we are talking about how the Mighty Have Fallen franchises, video game franchises, that have been run into the ground. And I just want to start off with some examples of, you know, some easy ones and maybe some ones that you haven't thought of, of how some video game franchises that have just taken a dive. You know, Yannick, I don't know if you or Sandy put this one here, but guys, can we all talk about Sonic the Hedgehog for a second? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, This guy was when we were kids. Yeah. When we were kids, he was at the top of his game. What happened? I mean, he just taking a break or getting old or moving on to new thing new things who knows 
Yeah. Or, chili dogs. That's one thing, too, is that I think during this topic, it's really interesting. We're going to nuance it a little bit. Yeah. It's not like they've all been discontinued or, uh, you know, it's just that the, the potential of the franchise, whatever franchise we're going to talk about, has been in the last few years, has been misexploited, you know. Has yeah, been, or mm- in, in the case of Sonic, right, he just... Video uh, games changed. Games. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. But I feel like video games changed, and that was a franchise that just like never could never make the jump. It like it could not become a three D thing. In fact, like we look at now, like Sonic Mania or whatever that Sega's working on, that looks a lot like an old Sonic game. And I go, that looks good, but it's two D. Yeah, I think the only thing that we have in mind about Sonic is that two D speed. You know, very very fast platform game where the 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 just the platform the the map and the 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 map just looks like a, a huge playground where you just loop around, jump in yeah. whatever coin you can grab. Yeah, um, yeah. And the most satisfying thing was just to not really see much of the map, but get to the flag and at blazing speed. And that doesn't really translate itself very well in 3D. I remember watching one of my favorite streamers playing this game, and oh man, oh man, it was funny. Because <laughs> he was yeah. like, you know, he's a very passionate guy about Nintendo and a lot of those 90s franchises. And uh, Sonic is the one that, you know, made him lose his mind. He was like, I cannot control this game. The game, the gameplay itself is bad. Is this so, old Sonic or new new Sonic? It was the new one. It was the one yeah. where, uh, you know, also just the dialogue are so cheesy. And it just like, it was just not well produced. And uh, I can find the name of the game because I, I can't remember exactly. You know, there's been sequels, there's been stuff in, in here and there. Um, but he just wanted, to, as a joke, he just wanted to play it one night. And uh, I mean, <laughs> it was very entertaining, you know. Um, but no, no. I mean, and, and also nope. in Sonic's case, like Mario, like Sonic didn't figure out that, like, Mar- I think Mario is a successful franchise still because Nintendo realizes you got to keep a Mario story very light. It's like Bowser's at it again. <laughs> it's like always the story. And it's not like now there's this new exotic thing. Like sometimes they they will use the story just as like, you know, speechless cutscenes to set exposition of like why Mario's in a galaxy or why Mario's in 3D world or whatever. Yeah. But you know Mario will always have this world around him. Yeah, that's what people, exactly. That's what people are looking for. Um, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be uh, Mario with the without the mushrooms. It wouldn't be, and, and I'm talking about mushrooms, not the other mushrooms. Um, yeah. it wouldn't be Mario without <laughs> without Bowser or without uh, his other friends or enemies. Sonic, he had his one buddy. What's his name? I'm bad at those franchises' names. So I believe you're my... speaking of Miles yes. Tails Prower. <clears throat> Tails, yeah, and Miles Prower. That's the only thing I remember. I remember the uh, evil guy. That he looked almost like a Pokemon enemy as well. Like, uh, Eggman? Eggman. and then Dr. Robotnik. Can we, Dr. Yeah. Robotnik. All right. I'm not <laughs> calling him Eggman ever. Ever. And you can't make me. Although it's because of the Sonic like cartoon shows. When I was little, I became obsessed with like chili cheese dogs because Sonic loved them. So I was like, I need to eat a chili cheese dog. And as really? the first time I actually had one was as an adult at a Sonic. Oh, was that a paid like tie-in thing? No, it's just I told <laughs> it's just it just happened. Just baked but, it like, into. 
whenever I get a chance to eat a chili cheese dog, I do. And I always think of Sonic. And I'm like, oh, and if then only you... I had a tail so I could be fighting Dr. Robotnik right and now. I was going to say, and then you run straight to the bathroom and remind you how bad Sonic actually is now. I know what you're <laughs> talking about. And that looks so good. I've never tried that. <laughs> never, ever, I think. Well, a chili yeah, cheese, cheese dog? So good. Yeah, chili cheese dog? Nope. Oh, man. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're no doubt they're good. So that's, I think that's like a classic example that we can all point to. For me, one of my standouts is Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh, my God. Yeah. Talk about a fall from grace. Like, from the, first of all, basically the only skateboarding game on the block, right? To, you know, Activision trying to make it come out every single year or every other year. Them not really having a ton of new ideas for it. At some point, they were making you get off your skateboard and do graffiti and stuff, and it just became like this, this like out of control thing. I can't help but think that Tony Hawk today, if you actually put a lot of resources behind it and made like an open world skate game, Tony Hawk would actually be good again, like really, really good. Um, but they just never figured out. I don't know how to make. Uh, how to continuously add like new trick systems. It never really successfully became an online thing. Um, and Tony Hawk five, which they put out recently, you know, my brother Curtis and I, we joke that they gave, you know, the aging Tony Hawk a thousand dollars in a MacBook air to make it <laughs> over a weekend. Oh. Uh, it's just this buggy, Mess. Hey, respect the legend. Respect yeah. the legend. It was a buggy mess that was like a tiny game that they Activision wanted to charge sixty dollars for. Um it it was really an embarrassment to the franchise. And it came out, mind you, after really interesting new ways to skate in games like Ollie Ollie and Skate from EA, which is arguably like a lot of people prefer that. I didn't necessarily like the realism in skating. I wanted a uh I wanted more like SSXC sort of arcade Tony Hawk stuff. But um, yeah, it seems like these days it, it, we might never get another Tony Hawk again just because of the way they've treated that IP and that franchise. He's actually trying to create another game without Activision. Wow. Is that yeah, true? Maybe you'll get that Tony Hawk game with the badass soundtrack. I remember the Tony Hawk soundtrack is what got me into Ska and Goldfinger. Yeah. Here I am, getting older all the time. <laughs> I love that song. I love Goldfinger. Yes. My God. Give it to me right now on the show. <laughs> Give it to me. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Let's play a momentary, legally acceptable amount of Goldfinger's Getting older all the time from Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Go! So here I am, doing everything I can, holding on to what I am, pretending I'm a superman. All right, that was great, wasn't it, guys? Let's all pretend like we just heard it. Wow! Why are we Spotify. laughing? I'm at listening it? to it right now. You guys don't even know. <laughs> oh, good. Just, yeah, you just pipe told that us. in. There. So, Tony Hawk. Is my big one. What do you, do you do? You guys have any like hits on this list? I think like the only one that sticks out is Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Just because they've like I loved Altair from the first one, and then the second one they fixed everything that they needed to fix. Then you got Brotherhood, and you're like, yeah, this story is like great. And then 
revelations and I was like, okay, cool. Aliens. And then I don't know what happened and it just went like kerplunk. Yeah, like, those games started to become like a snake eating itself. Eventually, like you were working at Ubisoft inside of Ubisoft. It was weird. It was, like I couldn't follow it anymore. Then the movie came out and I was like, okay, this movie's going to be dope. I haven't watched the movie because uh, it's got <laughs> really bad reviews. Yeah. And I want to watch the Resident Evil movie instead because I hear it's the highest rated video game movie of all time. What? No, I can't. I can't have at, it. At like 36%, guys. Rock and roll. <laughs> Which is, yeah, just go get it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't wait. Turn off uh, this podcast. Um, you mentioned Resident so. Evil, the final chapter with Mila Djobovich. Go watch it. Um, <laughs> it's just, and like, I was, I love the premise. I loved everything about this franchise. You've got super cool uh, protagonists. You've got villains, and you know who the villains are. And it's like, I could see this kind of working in, in real life. And then it just, it went, it took a left when it should have taken a right. Yeah. And then it had like the really buggy effects where like people's eyes were coming out and Yeah, it was, like, a really bad buggy release from from Ubisoft. It turned into a hard game. Ubisoft was like oversaturating the market with it. They were like, Oh god, it's another year, another Assassin's Creed. Yeah, the, like they thought it was like a Call of Duty and I feel like only Call of Duty like so far. Basically, only Call of Duty can support the come out every year strategy. And like, Madden. like Madden sports games, yeah, exactly. Sports games, yeah. I was about to add that. Well, I mean, you mentioned something great. Assassin's Creed is a great example that you should not make a movie about a franchise because it ruins it. <laughs> yeah, in everybody's mind no, right the now, the franchise was already ruined. The movie was just like the cherry on the. Totally. I, totally. I knew Assassin's and... Creed jumped the shark for me when after I played the last Assassin's Creed I tried was Black Flag. And after every mission, they asked me to rate how good I thought the mission was. And I was yeah, like, you... what? <laughs> you know, a franchise is almost halfway into its grave when you have a mobile app, a mobile game for it and, 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 and a movie coming out for it as well. Oh, yeah. Um, well, there's Tom Rider Go, which apparently is also really good. So I'm, I'm going to take that back for that matter. But Assassin's Creed, you know, yeah. I have only remember having awesome memories playing the first one. And I don't think I put money again into another sequel. Um, probably should do it on, on Assassin's Creed 2, you're saying. But, but yeah, just being seeing this, like you said, exactly. That's what I had in my head when you said it, Ryan. You know, snake eating, snake eating his tail. Um, yeah. I, I want to bring back to our memories when um, the uh, pretty much back when the MMORPG genre was created, and we did have uh, last year an episode focusing on on MMORPGs. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about EverQuest. Um, it's something that I have never played, but when we talked about how the mighty have fallen, I could only pick this. Um, uh, you know, game into this fantasy world, and uh, and before World of Warcraft came out, right? This was the was, OG. That was the OG. That was the reference. A lot of people were thinking that WoW is the OG. I mean, it pretty much you know took its ground. But um, EverQuest was a 3D fantasy themed uh, MMORPG. Came out in March 16, 1999. Um, it it just grew so much. The the the, the customers were here, and um, and it never managed to to come out of the 
of the competition, the strong competition that was World of Warcraft back then. And a lot of people that I met on, on, on World of Warcraft came from EverQuest. Everybody had those references that I wasn't right. understanding and I was sure. pissed about it. And they uh, brought with them their own language too, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of the language I was like, what are you guys talking about? I mean, it's not that like I started playing yesterday. What is loot? <laughs> right, right, right. What is, I mean, it, and also loot as a French person. You guys may have that straightforward in your brain. And it may have been a common thing, but even French people going to the game and being in their 20s or 30s playing the game, they would say loot. They would say, you know, they would say they use they would use English terms to to talk to each other. And I would be like, what? Can I have a dictionary? Can you give me something? Um, yeah. <clears throat> so the release. Modest expectations, but, um, you know, it, they had really good numbers and it never managed to to get back on track and the uh, last attempt um the third iteration in the series so there was everquest 2 uh didn't really pick up and everquest next was under development god i uh, forgot there was, about that yeah there was in-game screenshots concept art information revealed at the um the game developers um soe at the fanfare in august 2010 and this early version, early version of the game never really made it and was scrapped and the development canceled. Um, so this is how like a great, friend, great franchise and uh, I think a couple of major employees before then uh, left the company um, in 2002. Uh, I'm talking about, I'm reading the Wikipedia here. I don't remember those guys, but Brad McQuaid, Steve Clover, Jeffrey Zatkin. And this is when it already started to go down. <clears throat> and I guess... You know the money maker that he was back then. People thought they would, they would have a be able to keep it up, um, but it's kind of sad. You know, it kind of like faded away with, you know, without uh, the proper goodbyes. Kind of like in ignorance, in a, in a sad yeah. way. Yeah. So we've kind of outlined now at this point, like some of the franchises we feel. I I wanted to put it to you guys, like, what what are the things in common? With these things, because it just seems to be that, you know, what do you look for in a sign that uh, this is not like whoever's making this game does not know what they're doing anymore or it's lost its magic in, in a particular franchise? I think for like Sonic and Assassin's Creed, the story was kind of scattered. Or yeah, so they're like... losing their focus in terms of story for you. Right, and, like, Sonic is known as being a side-scrolling platformer, and now we're going to change the gameplay, and we're going to put Sonic somewhere else. He's also going to have his own TV show, and then on top of that, uh, he's going to compete against Mario, because now Mario is his, like, <laughs> nemesis for, like, the Olympic Games. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, sure, why not? <laughs> And for Assassin's Creed, like, to finish the storyline for Ezio, you had to download and watch a movie that was only available through the PlayStation Store. What? Which made no sense because you had such a strong connection to the character that, like, you want to know what happened to him. But you had to watch this movie. If you want to know what happened to his descendants, you had to get a book. Uh, here's this comic series. And, by the way, here's three more games year after year. Yeah, basically, if you want to know more, 
we're not going to tell it to you in this format. We're going to make you buy these 10 other things. Which is, I guess, it's cool to have supplements because sometimes you can't tell the entire story in one shot. And sometimes you need a little bit more fluff that didn't make sense to put in the game. But, like, don't make it mandatory. Like, I want to know what happens to this character that I love so much. Like, we're the same person, essentially, when we play this game. And you're making me buy this movie. It's cold-blooded. Do you hear that, Final Fantasy? (laughs) Cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. So, for me, like... Another thing that I look for in, in a franchise that sort of doesn't have the the juice uh, anymore is kind of when it's not reacting anymore to what's happening around it and what's happening in the industry. For example, Fallout 4, I love Fallout 3. I played it for, you know, 80 plus hours and I beat it. And Fallout 4, I couldn't get more than like 10... 12 hours in before I, which is is a lot for me in a game like that before I just put it down and was like this like come on guys like Far Cry has come out The Witcher has come out and open world is better than this now it's not just wandering around this empty thing and like Mass Effect has happened don't you know how to do a dialogue tree like <laughs> better in, in this day and age it just seems like it was developed in a vacuum same thing I think happened with sonic it just didn't pay attention to what was going on in the landscape and tony hawk but like also uh i i don't know yannick i think you put this here fable fable should be for all intents and purposes i love fable one that's my favorite fable fable two is what most other people like but like i like fable one fable could be microsoft's zelda a once every three or four year like perennial hit that is like a story-based fantasy magic dungeon sort of world and for whatever reason it just it didn't pay attention to what was really happening with fantasy games or with action games or even with like the you know it, it focused so so much on becoming good or evil it set some of those trends at the beginning and then you know, couldn't do better than than the competition that came out around it. And that, for me, is always like, come on, you have to be aware of, like, what's going on. And before I go on and, and try to have a formula for you guys, for you listeners, if you want to oh. know what makes a successful franchise, I have it right there. I've been thinking about it. I think I nailed it. Um, it's going to be fantastic. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you... Fable, you mentioned Fable. I, I, I talked about, I thought about Fable. Fable is for me a huge disappointment. It's not a game that I was able to dive in, and I was. It was something that next franchise would come out, next sequel will come out, whatever they come up with. Uh, I would definitely dive in with the technology in place nowadays into games. I, I would be freaking excited, and I, I would put a little bit of money on the fact that in the next five to ten years, the franchise will be reborn, just for the exact reasons you just mentioned. It can be their own Zelda game. Um, the open world is something successful. There's more people loving that survival aspect and, and like just that open world, you know, no ends. Just like go wander, go talk to NPCs wherever they are. They are, And um, and the story was great. The, the art was great. Um, and I don't understand how the 
because it was mainly a business decision. I don't understand how the business decision was made. And we pretty much heard that. We covered that in the show and we said, it's over. And that was part of a huge wave of game canceling, uh, you know, budgeting uh, period and everything. And he just was a victim and it's sad. It would it it made me. It still makes me sad to 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 spread the news, and to not see this game being uh, reborn or having this franchise continue. Um, it's it's sad. But I think looking at the example we brought up, I think I can come up with some easy qualification that makes you uh, know that a franchise is is worth continuing or or that it's gonna die eventually. Um, first of all, if you have this continuing, um, very, um, where the period between releases are small, I think you want your game to have your franchise in the world that it, uh, represents to be heavily, uh, that can easily and heavily reinvent itself. Um, Resident Evil is able to reinvent itself, um, it 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 has it has it it has this new sequel. It's something different, but something that people saw already in this game, but uses new technologies. Um, it goes less gory. It went more spooky. Uh, Call of Duty, as much as we can talk about it neg- negatively, every year they come up with new concept. Uh, they have a strong core, yeah. a strong sandbox. It's true. Um, that is is a solid base that they rely on, but they always add enough things for peop- for for the game to be reinvented and feel like something else. Um, to talk about the negative negative ones that we that we talked about, EverQuest was probably not strong enough to be reinvented. Um, Fable maybe in, internally they decided it couldn't reinvent itself enough. Uh, we mentioned well, Sonic. And we mentioned like... Sonic in three D. It couldn't really reinvent itself. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm have, like Fable. Also, to me, they when they tried to reinvent it, they tried to reinvent it in the wrong way. And I think Resident Evil, if Resident Evil Seven was not critically the hit that it is, Resident Evil to me it would be completely dead now, right? Because they and would at the just same have time. For so too I, long I mentioned having something that is uh, 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 releasing often. Um, like you said, not this three to four years uh, sequel. Um, it is what you should expect. Now, there are guys, there are franchises like Doom, there are franchises like Dark Souls that I played, and uh, Doom you played a lot, and or Mortal Kombat. Um, we mentioned it, and you know, it's kind of like back from the brink, like you said in that very, very nicely in that in that document. But yeah, yeah, it's because so and so. Whenever, whenever they come up, the review says, "Oh, it's a Dark Souls. It feels so good," because you missed it. It's been so long, and it's okay, you know. But if those Dark Souls would have come out in three year span, we would have been like, "What the hell, dude? Like, you guys cannot find anything new." Um, but it just feels so good to come back into them, find them back into our libraries and in our consoles and play them and have fun and, and have some additions, have some innovations, but have the, the feel that we remember of. Uh, and that's what some franchises are, are, banking, are, are banking on. And I'm, I'm in favor of that. I mean, I've never had the chance to play Dark Souls or Dark Souls 2, um, but I'm not looking forward to have a Dark Souls in the next year. I want Dark Souls 4 to come out in five years, come out, surprise. You know, I want them to tell me, like they said, that there wouldn't be any other Dark Souls. Just tell me that. There's no other Dark Souls, guys. It's over. You play this one. <laughs> and that's it. 
Is she done that with Duke Nukem? That's how it's gonna oh, live. Yeah. Duke Nukem Talk about something. Go that's away. That's how it's gonna live. So you know, it's funny that you say that because here's one of the things. Like I think, you know, let's talk about this for a second, which is how how game franchises have saved themselves, right? Doom, for all intents and purposes, you know, people use the phrase the new Doom had no right being as good as it was. Mortal Kombat had so many weird iterations and so many convoluted characters the that it took... The story got weird. The story got super weird that it took Ed Boon and his team saying, okay, Mortal Kombat 9, we're going to keep the 9, which is kind of weird, <laughs> and uh, we're going to reset Mortal Kombat and tell the story of the tournament and the main small set of characters again and work in some of the people who were like became mainstays of the series. They retold that story. I loved Mortal Kombat 9's it was campaign. Like the best thing they could have done because totally. Mortal Kombat did get really weird. It's, it, I don't, what? It became really weird. And, and Mortal Kombat 10 that came out early this generation. I thought was smashing. It's just a really, to me, it's a great fighter. Uh, it's more my type of fighter. It's certainly slower than a street fighter um, and it less is, technical. Yeah, it is a lot slower. Um, maybe it's not less technical, but I feel like <laughs> I, I can wiggle more in it. Um, <laughs> but it yeah, is, and yeah. Doom and Doom did the same thing. And I think what I want to home in there is like they didn't copy Doom and copy Mortal Kombat. They copied how you felt when you played Doom or Mortal Kombat. And that was the most important thing to capture. It's like, we don't really want to go back and play Mortal Kombat. We want the feeling of like, whoa, isn't that gross and cool? Um, again, you know? I think with Mortal Kombat, Ed Boon really needed the ability to like reset the game because he, it got so nuts and NetherRealm also works on Injustice, and Warner Brothers and DC Comics don't want superheroes to get, like, fatalities. Like, they want right. you to see your hero get beat up, but not die. So I think Injustice forced Ed Boon to kind of, like, reel himself back. Yes. And then I think that allowed Mortal Kombat... To get that feeling back that you had when you first played that game in an arcade machine or at home with your friends and you were like, oh my god, this is insane because here's this other game that's not, that's like it, but not quite. And this right. is kind of what I wanted because I want to rip someone's spine out and like just have them still flail around (laughs) punch a hole through them you know and and like same thing when going back to paying attention to the field that happened right like resident evil six sucked and 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 i don't i don't care if somebody's gonna write us and tell us that that's their favorite resident evil it's a globe-trotting shitstorm that it does none of its characters any favors and it's so far away from what makes that game that game that it's just a horrible piece of shit, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, Re- Resident Evil 7 looked around and said, hey, what kind of games scare people now? And, like, what do they seem to like? And it came back with something that is really compelling. And same mm-hmm. thing with Tomb Raider. It 
Tomb Raider came back, is able to come back because Uncharted was so damn good. You know? Yeah. That that's the other thing. It's like Uncharted is such a great success for this kind of game that yeah. clearly was inspired by Tomb Raider. But then there's this also like new movement of like a new type of game player that will play this game. Let's redo the character and let's make her more in tune with people that would play her now versus people who would play as her then. Yes. I think they were kind of savvy to that as well. I think that there's actually a really interesting line that could be drawn between Tomb Raider going away, Uncharted coming out. Thank thank God it was good and a success. It allowed Tomb Raider to come back. And in a weird way, that is informing not only better female protagonists in our games and like seeing that, yes, you can make money like that, but also it's giving us games like Horizon Zero Dawn uh, for PlayStation that's coming out that I'm very excited about. Like, not only female protagonists, sure, but you also now can say, hey, this can be an action RPG and you can mm-hmm. take a chance on this. It doesn't like, these are the kill zone guys making that game. They make shooters. And that seemed right. like the only thing they're allowed to make until just recently. It's funny, we don't, we haven't mentioned all those, um, like when we watch the Nintendo Switch reveal, those JRPG are heavily relying on franchises that n- seem to never die. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and they love seeing them coming back. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's crazy to me because I've never gotten interested into any of that. Yeah. Um, even on your screenshot, uh, what's the game on the screenshot of the Nintendo Switch that you talked about earlier? Are you talking about Pro- uh, uh, Shovel Knight? About Shovel Knight. Uh, is, Shovel Knight is in the JRPG, though. That's that's no, a no. brand new game. No, no, no. But there, there's some. But then there's some. Uh, so not that game. Never mind. I thought Shovel Knight <laughs> was like someone was like someone told me it was like oh it's a great game you should play it but maybe it just came out so that's why. Um, that an amiibo. I yeah. don't have it though. And it has. But all those JRPGs and action RPGs and 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 and, and those those franchises that we don't really ourselves are really interested in, or at, at least me personally, are yeah. really the ones where you see Xenoblade coming back and everybody's like, "Yo," or Kingdom yeah. Hearts being like, "Yo," and it never seems to fail. And it, as much as my argument of being like it needs to reinvent itself, um, it has it has a strong strong identity, and people are looking forward to have those identities stick around for a long time um yeah you know i'm awfully critical of nintendo about a lot of things but i do think they're between a rock and a hard place of trying Mm -hmm. to appease people who like the games and the franchises that they grew up with and um um different sort of gamer that they have to appeal to that is playing ios and portable games and a third type that is playing playstation and xbox going why should i buy this toy um and that's not fun you were um we're we're talking about the ones that are having a comeback um we talked about call of duty a little bit what do you think um i have an opinion on this what do you think the franchises that we have today that work that do good business good do good money which one are at risk in your opinion guys i'm wondering yeah i mean call of duty seems like it could be one of those i don't think call of duty will ever be at risk because that's like the frat boy game and it's the game that gets you into games. In a I, I just feel like that be, it being the frat boy game means all you need is one even frattier <laughs> game to come out that finally one year pushes it over the edge. Like this year we had people flocking to the internet to downvote a Call of Duty trailer 
and upvote a Battlefield trailer just for no other sentiment other than they seem to have just had enough of Call of Duty. Yeah, but I think um, Call of Duty is going down a route of do- going futuristic that is not appealing to people. Yeah. I feel like people have been, you know, like almost like vomiting those futuristic shooters and they're just like not again you know you you're pushing it far and far and far and where this is gonna go if call of duty comes back traditional um it may it may still be uh they're tired but like the game good might just put everybody on the same page again um, I haven't played yeah, Call I, of Duty in about six, seven years. Oh, me I'll tell you, you know, But I'll tell you right is, now, if they do it, World War II Call of Duty, right? There's that thing that Medal. Um, what was it called? Oh, Medal of Honor. Man. Medal of Honor. The you know just like landing on that beach. Oh my God! It was like that mission. I probably did it. It was like the the first line. Or what was it? The front line. Yeah, it's the um, the storming the beaches of Normandy. Yeah, oh my god. That was like one of the most one of the best moments. I would play the game and then watch um oh the uh, in English how do you say it? You know, the Ryan Soldier thing uh movie. What's the title? Cuz I have it in French Saving but I don't know in English. Ryan. Oh yeah. yeah. Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Um I would do back and forth in my life, just like <laughs> eating, peeing, watching um Saving <laughs> Private Ryan, uh playing a Medal of Honor and then back and forth. Basically um, preparing to move to America. Exactly. <laughs> I was, you know, and it was preparing for war already. I was like, you need yeah, to be ready getting... just in case. You need to know from what angle to hit them. Um, while I had the German 30 minutes away from my house, which was hilarious. Um, <laughs> and uh, But it's for me, uh, there's one thing that I want to mention. I think uh, the online franchise, the online multiplayer franchise are safe at the moment. Um, yeah, I yeah. Think you'd have I'm, to like really mess up the online. Yeah. And, and even for games that are that have made their way in and that have made their way into the competitive scene. Um, I hardly see them going away in the next... um, Doesn't mean they're going to have sequels coming out every year, but talking about Halo 5, Ryan, I mean, you and I played this game. I'm happy it came back. I'm happy the sandbox is really good. They came back to traditional stuff, added some new things, but not too much. Ford is really great. So there's a community around it. There's a community of builders. There's a community with Forge. And there's a community of, of competitive players. And this franchise is, uh, as much as hard I can think about it, this this is not going away. And they have this loot boxes system. They are making their money. And it's going to keep going. They're, they're adding content to the thing. It's going to keep going. Um, as much as it makes me feel sad, I would have loved to see Halo c- come back, reborn more than just that online multiplayer um big big um big big money prize tournament kind of thing but yeah. hey you know it's 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 how it is it's how they they market it and i don't think it's going away anywhere see i i actually feel a little bit different about halo in yeah. that i think halo 5 had a tough uphill battle it was on a console that was not selling well and the mm-hmm. time that it came out it came out after the master chief collection which should have been honoring the entire legacy of Halo, but had a lot of online multiplayer issues, even though it, it I yeah. still believe it is an amazing collection of games and, and a, a tribute to the history of shooters, period, on console. Um, and I think Microsoft is... Like, there used to be Hollywood events, and it would make the news when a new Halo was coming out and people were mm-hmm. lining up all night for it, and Halo does not have that star power anymore. It doesn't. Um, it's true. And yeah. I, I can't help but wonder if they're, you know, 
are they just one bad Halo release away from Halo? Stop still being yeah, a good seller, sure. just not the thing that will make someone go, I'm going to go buy an Xbox for it. Because you bought an Xbox for Halo, and it was out of your home in what, a month? It was out of my home, yeah, a month and a half. I didn't want to lose value on it because it had the... Um, the skin and everything. I was like, if I wait too long, people are not going to scare about a Halo 5 yeah. skin anymore. Um, so I took that urge decision. Um, I think it was still not a bad decision just because I just don't have time to play games. And um, and PC and PS4 are, are even too much as two platforms. And back in the days, it was the same feeling with the Xbox and the PS4. But I'm not selling my PS4 while maining right now my time on PC. But yeah, no, Halo 5 is, is one... Is one hell of a of a of a of a of a masterpiece for all the esports money, but uh, I I also wonder how long that's gonna go. I think one that's gonna like fade away. This is when we're gonna see a new Halo, and I wonder when. I wonder if it's gonna be for the new Microsoft post Scorpio project. Um, I think console. instead of a Halo, we should have like more Titanfall. I think. Oh yeah. Titanfall is one of those games that unfortunately i feel is at risk yeah because it's it doesn't have yeah. the population that it needs yeah even though it's a really good game and it, it's a really good game it's fun mechanics and it's something that like everyone can get into but it's like but there's call of duty and it's got all the the hero all these yeah. shooters and yeah i feel like once the population leaves for titanfall 2 and it's so scattered there's no cross play for that that it it's going to affect that game greatly and we're not going to get uh more expansions or more DLC or even a Titanfall 3 even though like this it it's coming from the people that created Call of Duty um I believe Modern Warfare. I I'm, I'm going to say that I still think Titanfall is better than Call of Duty and has been since Titanfall 1 but that's uh, maybe not the popular opinion. No, here. but you're right though because it's, it's <laughs> the same. It's the same guys that created the game that you that people love so much. They've created this whole new IP, but people aren't just moving over to it because they're obsessed with like the status quo. And it's like, but this game is so good. It's it's what you want. It really is. And they're like, nah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah it's. Titanfall. I mean, you're just never with the Call of Duty stuff. You're just never gonna get past um, the people that uh, just literally know the words Call of Duty and <laughs> are like, oh, yeah, pe people say new Call of Duty is good. I'll get on and play. Then they play once a year and they play Call of Duty, right? Yeah, the the uh, marketing almost went and, like, even your mother is going to know about it before you know. Right, um, exactly. That's how, you know. But it's it, – I want to – I think if, if we want to finish on that show, I have a big, big question. And I'm sure. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it, but I'm not because I think there's gonna be a an incredible time in in our our memories of gamers. But what do you think is gonna happen, and when do you think um, World of Warcraft will be the mighty that has fallen? Not anytime soon. Right, but do you uh. think? Because I know that if the game is about to end, I'm buying the game, logging in, hanging out in one of the capital, and just celebrating with everyone. They don't have the numbers that they used to have. Not not by, like, any means at all. Yeah. But they still have, like, such a huge population. And oh, I, I don't think that's a game that will, like, ultimately kind of just go the way of the, the Dodo. Mostly because I don't think it's 
like EverQuest had weird issues. Blizzard commemorates their fans that kind of that passed away, or like the Leroy Jenkins thing that was put into the game. Uh, you get a card in Hearthstone for Leroy Jenkins. Like World of Warcraft has spun off other games, so I don't think wow is gonna go anywhere soon mm-hmm. maybe not soon and but i'll t- i'll tell you this like my opinion about this world of warcraft thing is it just it's in a so comfortable spot in it that it lacks any real viable competition like barely yeah. any other mmo can convince people to pay monthly and until like people either say i'm not paying monthly for a game anymore period um and they rebel against the business model that is World of Warcraft, in which case it may evolve into something else. Mm. Or somebody actually comes out with just straight up a better MMO, mm. which when you look at the history and the development they've put into World of Warcraft is very hard, if not impossible, to do. Then World of Warcraft is, if you want that kind of game, it's kind of the only game in town, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. But I, I'm just... I was just wanted you to bet a little bit on this, and, and to me yeah. it almost feels like, oh, well, until we play with mouse and keyboard and monitors, we're still gonna play that game. <laughs> uh, Pretty much, you know, it's like Counter Strike; those things that are never going away. Um, but yeah, I'm just curious because I'm, I'm, it kind of like goes into my mind, and I'm not I, dreaming about it. It would be a nightmare, but what a memory would it be to kind of like close that chapter and be like, wow, that was it. Yeah. You would be like 70 before that happened. Probably. <laughs> but it's now funny I'm... because even them are not expected that. They have they have thought about a development uh, of 10 years, right? Or something at the beginning. Or they were not expecting such a long, long-lasting um, project or at least success. And WoW is a spinoff of their um, RTS, Warcraft. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Diablo just celebrated 20 years. WoW has 10. If these games can like have that longevity, I think at least minimum World of Warcraft has 10, 15 more years. Where it's, it's in this like really comfortable place because no one wants to touch Blizzard. I'm going to say we have to wrap up the show, but I'm going to say the controversial thing that I don't necessarily want to discuss, but leave it for our listeners to ponder. I think Diablo, and I love Diablo, love Diablo 3, but I think Diablo's on the bubble. Oh. I, I don't think, I don't, I don't know if they could do a Diablo 4, and I don't, I think, I think it would be interesting to see World of Diablo. Instead of World of Warcraft. All right. <laughs> Look at this guy. It's, He's just throwing World a name of out of nowhere. World of Warcraft will be like, destroyed by World of Diablo. Yeah, hey, what? listen, I'd play that, wouldn't you guys? Anyway, that's it for us this week. Hey, we're going to be back next week, so relax, don't panic, and you can get every previous episode for free over at PixelsWeekly.com. Follow us on Instagram at, uh, I think we're Pixels Weekly on Instagram. We yeah. are Pixels Weekly on Instagram. We are, and we're Follow actually posting us. stuff to Instagram, cool stuff, and I see you guys coming I'm to posting us something right now as we He's, speak yannick's literally posting something as we speak and um so that's cool and uh, of course you can join us at discord as you guys know from the stupid commercial that we keep playing uh in all of our episodes but you guys are joining just like just Pug did um and we're chatting and we're hanging out and it's fun so 
that does it for us this week. And until next time. Adios. Au revoir. And we'll see you next week.